1: you're listening to the dwell on these things podcast i'm john stongy and i'm really excited to introduce you to our guest in just a moment if you regularly listen to our show you know i'm always looking to bring on subject matter experts but not just anyone i'm trying to be really picky and introduce you to people who inspire me and our guest today most definitely fits into that category With us today is Christy Wright, and if you're familiar with Ramsey Solutions and The Ramsey Show, I suspect you already know who Christy is. Christy is a number one best-selling author. She is a personal growth expert, and she's the host of the Christy Wright Show. She's also the founder of Business Boutique, which equips women to make money doing what they love. Now, Christy's also the author of Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You, which is an excellent devotional that we're going to be talking to her about today. So with that all being said, let's welcome her to the show. Christy, welcome to Dwell on These Things.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to
1: be here. Well, we're grateful to have you on the show. And uh, and, and thanks so much for this devotional that you've put together. I, I've enjoyed reading through it, and uh, I, I really hope that our listeners will take a moment to actually check it out and, and look at it. And I'm, I thought this was interesting because I think many people assume that Ramsey Solutions is primarily focused on financial health. I think that's probably the assumption that that most people make. But in recent years, I've noticed that there's been a concerted effort to broaden the scope of what you're covering as an organization. So maybe I I wonder if you could just tell us about your desire and the desire of Ramsey Solutions to help people experience spiritual health as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because there's even a business lesson kind of hidden in your question because If you look, you know, they've started teaching people to get out of debt. And then through after years of doing this and building a company, then people started coming to him for entree leadership. How did you build this business? And then he started teaching this business leg of our organization. And I think what you're seeing now is really just another evolution of that as we're responding to the marketplace and what people come to us for. You know, we were just saying, even before we started recording, I walked from the Ramsey show to here. And many of the calls we get, John, are not just money calls. Their relationship calls, their personal development, growth, goals, boundaries, uh, you know, faith. You're getting calls about a lot more than just money. Money might be a piece of it, it might be the entry point, but you're digging to a lot deeper layers. And so I think um, as we move into this next season as an organization and with the Ramsey personalities, we want to help people in all walks of life, not just with money, because we see that they need it. And we're equipped to do that with um, with our team here. And so my role. Really, you've even seen that change from helping women with just businesses to also moving into the faith and personal development space. And a lot of that came from people showing up to events, John, reading my book, listening to the podcast that don't have businesses and don't want one. And I would, I would meet people out in public, and say, "Oh, like I love your podcast," or "I came to the event." I'm like, "Oh, what's your business?" They're like, "Oh, I don't have one. You just help me with my goals." Or, "Oh, I don't have one. You just help me build confidence." I'm like, "Oh, okay. There's something to this." And so I really paid attention to as God was prompting me, but also as the market was asking for it, saying, okay, well, what does it look like to be faithful in this new season? So this is kind of a, a picture of of that.
1: Yeah, and it, it, I, I really appreciate the fact. So I, I bet I'm a longtime listener to the to the Dave Ramsey Show, now the Ramsey Show. And uh, to watch this development over time, especially over this past year, too. I've noticed a lot of changes that you guys have made over this past year. And you're talking about responding to needs. Well, this has been a season where there's been a lot of need that's become very evident. And uh, even even um, you know back in, in March and April of last year, just noticing how you guys were responding to try and inspire hope and encouragement, uh, just as people were really wrestling with a lot of things. Uh, I, I think you guys are doing a great job of that, and so as a as a pastor myself, I also appreciate the emphasis that I'm seeing uh, you produce. Dave certainly has it in his commentary as well, and uh, I think it's very helpful.
0: Well, thank you. I think a lot of it too is just um, us kind of growing up. You know, like for me, <laughs> I um, I was a business coach for years. I still am but you know, anybody that has walked to the Lord for any amount of time, you know, that he will call you outside your comfort zone Oh yeah, and he will break you out of the box. You think you're in break out of the box. You put him in and, uh, very me moving into the faith, uh, market, moving into kind of bridging. My vision is to bridge this gap between faith and personal development, uh, where we're going to work like it all depends on us and pray like it all depends on God. They're not mutually exclusive. We need both. And so I think, I'm uh, God's calling me into this space, but I'll be honest, John, like it has been a probably a four year journey, the first couple of years privately, okay. of God, God calling me into this space. And I'm going, okay, well, God, but I do this, but I, but I'm this girl with this label. And this is my specialty. And God's like, I'm, you need to trust me with where I'm taking you. And so, um, it can be a scary process, but I think it's also really cool that, um, God can use us in different ways than we even see in ourselves at the yeah. time, you know?
1: Absolutely. I, I, did, it, did it feel intimidating at first? This thought that, all right, Lord, you know, you've opened up a door for me to speak on this subject, but now you're opening, people are asking me specific questions about how this applies to faith.
0: Yes. And the other thing is, I would say this started really in 2017. And that was the catalyst. Mm-hmm. I was booked to speak at Propel Women's Conference with Christine Kane and mm-hmm. all of the most brilliant Bible teachers in the world. And I'm sitting at dinner with these women that I have no right to be having kind of with. <laughs> and I'm sharing the stage with them. And I'm like, I, I'm just like, I'm just not going to cause a scene. I hope no one notices that (laughs) I somehow snuck in here. But what's really cool is that became the first domino of, well, then God really stirred in me to do a devotional for our company. And that was my first time really teaching scripture, Mm -hmm. not doing a talk that has scripture in it. I mean, unpacking scripture and saying, okay, Holy spirit, lead what you want to say to this group today. That was a very different experience. And then I've done it every year since. And then God called me to do a devotional. It's like, this was just this domino effect. And so, yeah, I think it's one of those things where God can open the door, but you have to be faithful to walk through it. And it has been super scary because I, you know, I met the Lord through young life, John, and you know, I didn't grow up in the church. Like Mm -hmm. there's a million things. I don't know that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not that, but (laughs) God can still use me apparently. So and, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep is. showing up.
1: <laughs> and he is. And you know, I so I have a, a personal rule whenever I'm in a dinner situation like you just described, mm-hmm. where I'm around people that I feel a little bit intimidated by. My my personal rule is make sure I'm eating food with a fork not hand food. Cause I, I always think, all right, if I'm eating a sandwich, this is a guarantee. I get it on my face. I, I drop some on my shirt, make sure I'm eating fork food. You know, that's so. a great
0: rule. That's a great rule. <laughs> <laughs> so practical.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So now you, you, you took the time to write this devotional out and I've had the chance to read it and really enjoyed what you put together. And one of the things that, that, uh that I've experienced, and I'm assuming you've experienced as well, when you're writing a devotional, that can be a very healthy spiritual experience. And I, I wonder what inspired you to write this down? And how did the the process impact you spiritually as you were putting this content together for the benefit of others?
0: Oh, I love that question. Well, it, the idea, um, I guess, had come to me probably a couple years before of this idea of get back to you, get back to you. Mm-hmm. That's what I would feel I just want to get back to myself. I would hear women say it all the time. I just want to get back to myself. I feel like I've lost myself. We're saying the same thing in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And it's not just through motherhood. It can be through a job, through a relationship. You know, I've seen women, even friends in in my journey in adulthood of like, they lose themselves in a relationship. They're like, they just become what that man wants them to be. And, you know, in dating and and they're like, who am I? This is not even who I am. And I think, um, especially women, I think men can experience this as well, but especially women, we are so relational that if we're not careful we lose ourselves because we only see ourselves in relation to others. I'm mm-hmm. a mom, I'm a wife or, um, or in a really demanding job or really difficult season of life, I'm a failure or I'm whatever that is. And so that had been on my heart around this topic of what would it look like to write a devotional, to get back to you. And then I remember um, I presented the idea to our publishing team here and they said, okay, put together an outline. Like, what would you say? What would go in it? I was like, right. Right right. Great question. I'm, I'm um, <laughs> let me figure that out. And so I was on a flight and I was pregnant with my third child, my daughter, Mary Grace, and um, I was going somewhere, but I was going to work on this outline. I love to ride on planes. And so I opened up my laptop, pulled out the tray table over my big pregnant belly, opened up a blank Microsoft Word document. And I was like, okay, God, what are we going to say about this? Like, they want to know how do you get back to you? I, was like, I don't know how to do that exactly. So, <laughs> so I do want to write on it, but I don't know what to say. And I literally, I felt God give me four things. And I wrote them down instantly to get back to you. You need to know four things. You need to know who God is, who you are, where you are, like your season of life and where you're going. And I typed them out and they never changed. John, I mean, you see that in the copy that you have. I felt like literally God gave me that. And then from there, really prayed about the number. Um, I didn't want to do a year long devotional that felt way over intimidating, even a hundred or 90 days felt intimidating for a busy person that feels like them lost themselves. And I felt the Lord give me the number 40. I was like, I mm-hmm. love this because it's a very biblical number. Sure. You get again and again in scripture. It's also not intimidating for mm-hmm. a busy person I can do 40 days. And so then we looked at, okay, we've got four sections. We've got 40 days, 10 days per section just started coming together. And then even the brainstorming process of I had a one color sticky note that was stories and one color sticky note that were scriptures and one color sticky note that would be quotes from other people and just started putting things up. And it was really cool, which I think you, you could overlay this on anything in life, not just if you're a writer, but when you invite the Holy Spirit to not just help you, but lead you, it really does have power, a supernatural power that far exceeds anything that you could do. So when I would come to a topic, for example, like, okay, your season of children, I want to write a day on your season of children, your season of family, your season of work, and so on your season of children. How do I talk about this subject, which is so different for every reader that will read this book, not isolate anyone, Mm -hmm. not add to guilt or shame or heartbreak, but honor the desires and those that have motherhood roles in different ways. What does this look like? And the Lord gave me a scripture and an angle and a perspective that was so far above anything I could have come up with, John, that you're going, this is God's idea. Right. because it's too good. I would have never come up with this idea. And there were multiple days like that. Some of them just plugged in like, okay, I've got a story here and a scripture mm-hmm. here. This feels right. And you know, you edit and stuff, but there were some, there were some that were so specifically God, I, God's ideas. And I was like, I could have never, never come up with that. So it's a really amazing experience, but I would say to, to your listeners, you can do that with anything. You, you don't know what school to send your kids to you. You're praying for discernment on what steps to take in your job. You're praying for what, you know, decision to make with your finances. Like, like the Holy spirit is available to every believer. I'm not special. It's available to all of us to guide you.
1: Yeah. And, and it, It's encouraging to see that you're open to his leading as you're saying, all right, Lord, I I want to do what you want me to do. This is going to stretch me. This is something new. I haven't done this before, but I'm going to do what you're calling me to do. And I'm going to do the best that I can at it as you empower me to do so. And it's a very relatable book. I love the personal stories in it. I love the examples. It's the type of book that's fun to read. Is that some of the feedback that you're getting from readers?
0: Yeah, I, I love hearing from people, especially that say, I've never done a devotional, yours is the first. So that's really oh, wow. cool because because I expected, you know, Christians that do Bible studies to read it. But then when mm-hmm. you're able to capture people that maybe it's their first. And, you know, one of the things I felt the Lord really put on my heart is the conclusion of it mm-hmm. is my testimony. And yeah. just the thought that that could be in someone's hands that doesn't know God is right. really cool to me. So it's like, you're going to, you're going to be able to strengthen the saints, but also reach those on the outskirts or those that are lost possibly, you know, in that piece of it. But, but yeah, my, my writing style is very conversational, very, just like I would talk to you because because I want it to be real. And so I don't want to try to like sound all formal and fancy because that's Mm -hmm. not me. So I'd rather just talk to you like a friend, you know?
1: And and that's, it wouldn't be relatable if that was the approach that you were taking, you know, you, the, the way you wrote it, it's a very relatable book and it's something that's, I think, useful because it's relatable. I think people can look at your stories and look at your examples and see a little bit of their life and some of the things that they've wrestled with, and even just, as you were saying just a few moments ago, the idea of their identity. Who am I outside of my role of service? Who am I outside of the people that I'm called to bless? And uh, and I think you do a good job emphasizing that.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's one of those things that I think that we we so often are so busy we stop to think about like okay who what does god say about who i am not what does my class right. say not what a friend social media what does god say about who i am and man some of those and you've seen it john but some of those concepts are so simple right but so powerful and so easily overlooked we miss them sometimes
1: yeah you're you're absolutely right So our podcast here, we call it Dwell on These Things, and we take that title from Philippians chapter four, verse eight, which speaks about the different things the Lord wants us to dwell on that put our mind in a healthy, Christ-honoring place. And so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about how you try to implement the discipline of training your mind to dwell on things that are giving Christ glory. How does that work in your life?
0: Well, first of all, my church here in Nashville, they send out a text every morning, and it's a quick, uh, you know, sermon, unpacking a scripture that we're going through. We're going through Philippians and that was it for today. So I just oh, love it really? if you ask me that. <laughs> yeah, it's just so cool. I was like, oh, what is the perfect timing? Well, this is a verse I love. I'm a naturally, even just in the practical, I'm a naturally optimistic person. So I lean towards this verse of like, whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever is mm-hmm. worthy, whatever is excellent, praiseworthy. But then what I love about this verse is it's a reminder that we get a choice. And so, um, you know, one of my favorite books I'm a a reader as well is Jenny Allen's "Get Out of Your Head," Mm -hmm. and she cites research in there that humans have between thirty and sixty thousand thoughts a day, and up to eighty percent of those are negative. And what's so interesting is when you hear that, you might be like, "Oh gosh, that's so discouraging." I think it normalizes the voice we have in our head that is negative, or that fear that creeps up. Like, okay, that's normal, but I still have a choice. I have a choice in what I think about and. And it's really cool too, how even neuroscience reinforces this of like, we can create new grooves in our brain as we think different thoughts, whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's noble, right. then our brain begins to think those thoughts more. So for me, on a daily basis, one of the things that I really try to redirect my minds to is, and it's a question I ask myself is when I feel that voice creeping up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, uh, you're failing, you know, and, and, and you forgot this and you're behind on that deadline and you're failing as a mom and, 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 and stop that thought process with just a simple question. Is this how God talks about you?
1: Hmm. Or
0: another way, is this what God says to you? Is this how God talks to you? And instantly that cuts through the negativity in my mind and helps me identify that that is not the voice of my heavenly father. Hmm. And so it just, rem- it, 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 it's able to turn off the noise and the loudness and the negativity, which creates room for me to remind myself of those things that are true, that are right that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. Um, The other thing I try to do when I get discouraged about something, because there's real things in life we all get discouraged about. Many are valid. Mm -hmm. Like there's a day my kids are all screaming and driving me crazy, right? Like it's like, we all have those things. There's Mm -hmm. messes everywhere or your car gets a flat tire or whatever. I know it's so simple and we all know this. So this is probably just rehashing what we all know. But gratitude is so powerful because I will stop in that moment and list what I'm thankful for. So I hate going to the grocery store, for example. And instead of being like, oh, I hate going to the grocery store. I have to go to the grocery store. I'm so annoyed. Oh, there's lines at the grocery store and they're out of whatever I need. I think, God, thank you that I have money to buy groceries. Mm-hmm. There are some people that don't have money to buy groceries. Or um, my kids are all screaming, being crazy. I'm like, "Or thank you for my children. And thank you for the season of life when they're little. Because I get to snuggle with them in cute little matching pajamas. And there will be a season when I don't get that. And so I just think for me, those two simple things, cutting off the negativity, which with the question... Is this how God talks to you? And your heavenly Father never talks to you like that negative voice in your head. And then also redirecting with gratitude of what is right, what is good—literally those those specific attributes. But mm-hmm. what am I grateful for in this moment? What what is going right? What is awesome? Um, it, and it's not a switch that you flip. I'm a very positive person, and I love the Lord. And it's still a daily okay, what's good right now? Cause ah, okay, what, you know, and it's it's just that continual habit. But the more you do it, the more that becomes your go-to mm-hmm. and it, it does become easier to remind yourself of that.
1: Definitely. It, and you have the additional challenge of someone that's living your life in a very public way. So, you know, you're, you're on radio stations all throughout the country. You've got books out there and that makes you a target in many respects for all sorts of feedback. And I'm sure some of it's edifying. Yeah you know, you're like, I'm understating that. Is that, is that what that response is? (laughs) Um, I I have to tell you, I mean, I, I, I relate to that in the sense that I never felt like I had so many critics or so many enemies as I did Prior to becoming a pastor, when I became a pastor, all of a sudden I felt like, wow, every single thing I do is fodder for conversation. And so Mm -hmm. I look at your role. I look at the things that you're doing, the content you're producing. You're taking the risk to put yourself out there to help people. But there's also an added challenge that comes to that, that you well know that arrows come your way, you know, criticism comes your way. It's not always people aren't always reinforcing the voice of God. To you, and so you have no. that added battle, right? Uh, of right. how do I, how do I think on things above when the world doesn't reinforce that?
0: Yeah, and it's funny because even as you say that, I think of um, a, a specific go-to for me when someone's like really super mean to me on mm. social media. You know, which they can be. We all know. Um, I know this sounds so silly, but I will, I will think of, I will immediately go to this grateful thought. And here's my grateful thought. This might be so passive aggressive, John. You're probably like, uh, <laughs> edit this out. I'm like, that might
1: make me like it more. So here we here's go.
0: My, here's here's my go-to. I'm like, God, thank you that I'm not them. Yeah. Thank you that I'm not mean. I'm seriously, I literally think that I think sure. God, thank you that I'm not mean and hateful. Mm-hmm. And I don't talk to people like that. Yep. Thank you that I don't have that anger in my heart right now. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I literally find something to be grateful for, and it's that I'm not that mean person. <laughs> right. So I can walk away like I'm feeling good, feeling good about me because I'm not mean like you. So like,
1: yeah. it's like. It's like I, I don't want to approach every day with that negative mindset. I don't want to approach yeah. every day with that that scorn or that bitterness. It's like I've yeah. got the joy of Christ and I'm just gonna embrace it and live it out. Yeah, and that's right. I like that. Good counsel. And I don't I don't <laughs> even care that it's passive aggressive. Will not be edited from the recording. <laughs> Now, uh, you mentioned before just the time that you enjoy spending with your family, the time you enjoy spending with your children. And I know a, a lot of our, our listeners are really trying to implement healthy devotional habits in the context of their household. So we have, you know, we have personal time for devotions, but also if you're a parent, you're trying to implement some patterns and practices that you're passing down to your children. So I'm curious about some of the devotional practices that you're trying to implement in your home as you try and walk with your children as they grow in faith.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you with three kids, aged six and under, it is just like a circus. So that's, that's my advice on it is a circus. I mean, I'm like, Like the, it's funny because it feels like We try to be intentional and at the same time with three kids, it feels like chaotic and crazy, but I will tell you just two practices we do. So um, we, we talk about God. We talk about scripture, Bible stories, pretty just like throughout the day. Like it's not a set time. Like that's just an ongoing, like, oh, well look it's sunset. Did you know God made that sunset? You know, just very elementary ways Mm -hmm. to talk about God. Right. But in the morning I do my quiet time. I try to Mm -hmm. right before they wake up. So what always happens is they come down and they see me doing it and they'll say, oh, mommy, I want to watch a show or I want a snack. I'm like, oh no, this is mommy's Bible time. I say it every morning. Mm-hmm. This is mommy's Bible time. And then they'll be like, oh, what do you read?" And I'll like, say, oh, let me tell you. I'm reading mm-hmm. today about Naaman. Or I look, I showed Carter this morning. I'm doing uh discerning the voice of God by Priscilla Shire. I've read the book, oh, but wow. now I'm doing the mm-hmm. study. And I said, do you know what these words say? This is a big word. This says, did you know, you know how we talk to God? God talks to us. And this book is helping me learn how to hear from him. Carter's like, really? So it's a little bit intentional in that I do my quiet time specifically when I know they'll see me at the end of it because I want them to see their mom. Oh, yeah, with her Bible open,
1: definitely. And also
0: at the end of the day, it's kind of like we might read a Bible story, we might read a crazy book, but we just—it's this ongoing dial. I, I do look for opportunities. So mm-hmm. um, let's—we pass by a fire truck. Let's pray for that person. Oh yeah, that person. That person might be hurt. So just. I'm in such an elementary age, you know what I mean? But I do, I do hope that I'm even more intentional when they get older and they can understand Absolutely. concepts and have routines, you know.
1: What, well, what you're describing is very similar to what it tells us in, um, in uh, Deuteronomy six, you know, where it's talking about, all right, you know, pass this along to your children as you walk, you know, as they see you, as they observe your life. It's the idea of, yes, we teach, but they also catch what we're doing. So the whole mm-hmm. caught and taught concept. And uh, when you're actually living out, when they see you, practicing the devotional things that you have been teaching them and, and actually investing in your walk with the Lord, not just talking about it. I think that becomes a very foundationally helpful thing for them in their walk with Christ. So that's, that's excellent. That's good counsel. Oh, so God, you. You, ha- you have a, a, a lot of good counsel throughout the book. I want to highlight two things that stood out to me that I hope will also be edifying to those listening to our recording today. Uh, on page 114, you discuss the idea of seasons with mm-hmm. the reader. And you remind us that there's a season for everything that we're going through, but those seasons don't last forever. So you make a comment there. And uh, I really like this quote. This really stood out to me. I I like the fact that you said this season is where you are, not who you are. I I like that. I'm going to say it again. This season is where you are, not who you are. So can you tell us a little bit more about that specific concept? I really like that.
0: Yes, well, this has come from my own struggle, John. But as I've talked about it more openly, it has hit a nerve with people. And so it just shows me that we all struggle with this. Here's what I do. I look around me for different aspects of the season that I'm in. And I draw conclusions about myself from it. So I'll give you a real practical example I use in the book. There are Cheez-Its everywhere. There's peanut butter smeared on the table. There's toys on the floor. And I clean all the time. And somehow my house is still never clean. (laughs) And I look around me. And I see a mess and I think I am a mess. Mm. I am a mess. And I really believe that. Like I would see it and think, it, and sometimes I still fight against that, John. And then I had this moment of discernment where I realized, no, 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 wait. I am in a season of life with little kids who make a mess. Mm -hmm. I am not a mess. And that's where it came from. Your season is where you are, not who you are. So you might be in a season of struggling financially because you have lost your job because of COVID and you are going through a really hard time. You are not unemployable, rejected, a failure, poor, broke. You are in a season of going through some hard times with your finances and your career. That is where you are. That is not who you are. Mm-hmm. And you can apply that to anything. You're going through a season of having to care for an ailing you know, parent who's older and, ha- and struggling and he has some health issues and you're having to give it up on your own dreams, your own side business, really maybe uh, sacrifice your own time, working out Bible time, kid time, whatever, to take care of this parent. That doesn't mean you don't have goals. You're not ambitious. You're, you don't care about these other people in your life. This is a season of taking care of this person. That's where you are. It's not who you are. And I think that when we separate ourselves from our season in a healthy way, it gives us a permission to fully be present for whatever that is, be present for the Cheez-Its, be (laughs) present for job searching, be present for that ailing parent or whatever it is, realizing it's not a statement about our identity. It is a season we're in and it will not last forever. And so it gives you a little bit more ability to enjoy it, make the most of it, be grateful for what is good and right. And you're learning in it, even if it's hard, but not make these declarations About your identity based on it. Does that make sense?
1: Makes total sense. And I think someone needed to hear that. And I don't know if you realized it, but you were preaching there. So that's that's (laughs) I do
0: slip into it every now and then. (laughs) I'm like, wait, 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 that's not me. Okay. But I will, if you ask. Except,
1: (laughs) Except it is. That's right. So there, there's another real useful thing that I, I thought you, you said in the I mean, there's a, a bunch of things, but I, there's really a couple of things that are very quotable that stood out to me. But on day 37, so you're getting toward the end of the book. This is page 184, if anyone wants to check this out. But you share in that section a little bit about ways in which God would love to use our lives. But we frequently offer up excuses why we can't pursue the dreams that the Lord's placed upon our hearts. So why do you suppose we so frequently struggle to believe that God wants to do amazing things through everyday people? Why is that such a battle for us?
0: I think we see ourselves as altogether separate than the Bible. Like, I think we read the Bible as those special people back then. God did miracles back then for them. But he doesn't still do it today in me and you and for you and me. And so it's it's as if we think maybe, um, oh, God's not different, but like they're different. Like those are Bible characters; those are Bible people. They are, you know, prophets. They're disciples. They're special. And it's not that they're not special, but what made them special was God, not them. They were a flawed human like you and I are. What made them have miracles? What made them, you know, uh, win wars? Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. was never the person's ability it was always God's power and that same power is available to me and to you but because we are very busy and very distracted and very practical and logical and grown up and you know all those things that I think we miss it and it's not because he's not working working or able to work it's because we think we're somehow different than them but I, you know I use a An example in the first section on who God is. And I I talk about how God is all powerful. Mm -hmm. And I share a story from my friend Lisa Harper when this, like, you know, this lady had this knee that was all swollen and she was in Haiti and uh she put her hands on the knee and the knee like shrunk below her hands, and Lisa started screaming, running around. She's like, Oh my god. And God said to her, She felt the Lord say to her, Lisa, you didn't believe I could do that. Mm. And I think we all are like Lisa. We don't really believe God can do it. We're like, I know you did it back then in the Bible, but like, you don't still do that. Do you, you don't still knock the walls down, save sinners, heal knees, heal the leper, heal the blind, whatever. And so, um, I think that if we, if we would have faith, just like the Bible says, even as small as a mustard seed, even like the tiniest, tiniest amount, it's amazing what that would unlock. In our lives, for God to blow our mind about what He can do, because He is the same as He was back then, and for them, He is the same for me and for you.
1: Excellent counsel. So, if somebody's trying to talk themselves out of actually following and pursuing what the Lord's impressed upon their heart, I hope they heard that, because uh, sometimes we offer up our our excuses to God when we're really we're just supposed to say yes
0: and well, just move and, in and the direction. Yes, and if okay, so we have a model to go by. We have the Bible. We have Mm -hmm. countless stories to go by of like who God is, what his character is, how he uses people. He's not a formula God, but there are some patterns Mm -hmm. in how he works and what he does. And I will tell you, I'm actually was working on this a little bit this morning through my study with discerning the voice of God, but there is a real theme in scripture that what God will ask you to do is illogical, (laughs) impossible, ridiculous, And will make you look downright silly. This morning, we were talking about Naaman and how I think it's first Kings. uh, Mm -hmm. They, they, you know, it was told to go into the river seven times and wash. And it's like the dirtiest river. It's like, that don't make any kind of sense. I'm not going to go to the dirtiest river that's far away and dunk myself seven times. You have to be willing to look ridiculous Mm -hmm. to follow through on what God's asking you to do. I can't tell you how many times I have wrestled with God, argued with God, but finally, finally I relent and submit and obey. And I feel ridiculous. And as I'm doing the thing, whatever the thing is, I feel so silly. I'm like, I feel ridiculous. <laughs> and then afterwards you're like, oh, that's exactly what needed to happen mm-hmm. or what that person needed or whatever. It, if, if you try to rationalize it, it will never make sense to you. Nothing in the Bible was ever rational or logical or made sense. It was always illogical, irrational, and impossible. But that's the whole point is because then it points to the power of God, not the power of you.
1: Right. And it, his big calling, when you know, as we look throughout scriptures, he wants us to learn to trust him. And so if we're just going in directions that we would naturally be going in, that's not really a test of faith. So if we're no. learning to yeah. trust the Lord, sometimes he's going to ask us to do something that doesn't really fit with our already established pattern. Right. So I like that. Well, I got one last question for you here. And uh, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently because I was recently asked to speak for a commencement and uh, so I'm going to be speaking for a group of co- uh, high school seniors as they're graduating. And I've been thinking a lot about what could I say that would encourage them. And so hypothetically here, let's put you in in that spot. All right. You're 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 in front of this group of high school seniors. that has got their whole life ahead of them. They're they're dreaming about what they're going to do, how the Lord's going to use them. What kind of counsel would you give to them? What kind of advice would you share? With that group of young people as they embark on what comes next.
0: All right, I got a follow up question, John. Are they Christians? They are. This is yeah, this is
1: a Christian high school. I'll be speaking at.
0: Okay, I would unpack the concept of obedience. Obedience unlocks the blessing. Obedience unlocks your ability to hear from God to know what's next. Obedience will get you even in the practical obedience of being faithful with the small things that will lead to bigger things not just for God to be able to trust you with more, but even for your supervisor, for your whoever, your coworkers, the faithfulness in the small things and obedience there. And, you know, for all the cool stages I speak on, I can't tell you how many high school reunions, family reunions, Mm -hmm. speaking at a Kentucky County library on a Friday night where two people show up, speaking Mm -hmm. at a college campus where two people show up and they both fall asleep. Like (laughs) I have been on some of the most unimpressive situations but when you're faithful there, God can trust you with more. And in fact, you know, because the kingdom is such an upside down concept, that might be the best work. The most important work that you can do are in those small, small rooms in the, you know, the one-on-one I work with women, you know, that run businesses a lot. And they're like, I want, you know, 200,000 Facebook followers. I'm like, are you faithful with your 200? Are you taking care of the small amount that you've been entrusted with? And so I would just say, obedience and faithfulness in what you've been given, that will always lead to more, maybe not by the world standards, but it will lead to more in the kingdom of what God has for you and keep you on the track of God's will for your life. You cannot go wrong if you're seeking God and obeying what he's asking you to do.
1: I like that. That's good counsel. And you see what I did there too. I haven't prepared my message yet. I'm so ready for it. I can't wait. Yeah, well, no, I just, I I thought I'll ask Christy and and see if she could do my message prep for me. talk will just
0: write itself. Yeah, there you
1: go. Yeah, so you you just gave me my info, so I'm good (laughs) to go now. I I'll just play the recording for them. (laughs) You're like, you know, this is what Christy said. Thanks for the invite.
0: Thanks for
1: joining me. Yeah, right. (laughs) So what can we expect to see from you in the coming months? How can our listeners listeners keep up with your current projects? You're doing so much. Uh, What's on the horizon for Christy Wright?
0: Oh, thank you for asking my, um, actually my next, so this devotional came out last fall, but my Mm -hmm. next book, like book book is um, coming out in September and it's called take back your time, the guilt-free guide to life balance. So it's all about redefining life balance so that you can actually have peace and joy and fulfillment in your crazy busy life. So I'm super excited about that because it's similar to getting back to yourself, It's a major pain point. And so I just wanted to hit that topic head on
1: that that's exciting. We'll have to have you back to share a little bit about yes, that in the coming you. months. We we'd love to, to hear more about it. Well, Christy, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Again, the devotional is living true 40 days to get back to you. I've read it. It's excellent. It's very relatable and it has some excellent counsel in it. And Christy, we, we truly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing with our listeners today.
0: You are so kind. Thank you for having me.